This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. So uh, we're going through this uh, series, year-long series on the Holy Spirit, and I heard about Pastor Sean doing the discipline of forgiveness last week, and I thought that was appropriate because I think almost every church in the country was preaching probably on the exact same thing as I was preaching on the same thing and in the Virginia Beach area. Had a great time at Virginia Beach at Dr. Bobby Hill's church, who is the uh, senior prelate of uh, Vanguard Ministries, and while I was out there, he asked me to, to be on the leadership team. And so that's something that they're currently talking about and praying about. It doesn't mean any geographical change or anything like that. It just means that I will be a part of that overarching ministry. For those who don't know, Vanguard is a, is a global ministry, and they do something similar. They do leadership training. They go out and plant churches throughout the planet. It's something that kind of resonates with my thought regarding what ministry should be. Um, so that was a great experience. Um, so, uh, and this is a shout out for my small group. So. My small group people, two of them actually went with me to Virginia Beach, uh, drove down there, um, Spencer and Amber, uh, to be a part of that service and that experience. So thank God for that. Then uh, this yesterday and and Friday, uh, the other two small group people I have, uh, Pastor Dave and his wife Jackie actually uh, were with me at the crew event. Uh, They had their fall retreat in Wisconsin, and uh, it was a great experience out there as well. So we've had a chance, my wife and I and the, and the boys, uh, to do some ministry across the country. And it's great. Like, God, God's moving uh, well. And, and just so you know, there are a lot of people praying for this church. And, and God's in control. He's hearing prayers. Um, so you may be discouraged with the numbers. And we've been kind of going through this consistently regarding numbers up and numbers down. But, but God is faithful. And, and I appreciate what Barb's words were because that's kind of how, that's a verbatim how I see it. Like, this is a real church. And, um, and you have to understand that there's a distinction between a church where God's spirit is and then a group of people who come together in God's name, right? And so that's something that I believe over time as, as we mature and grow, you'll, you'll be able to make a distinction between what God is doing in contrast to what it looks like God is doing, if that makes sense. So um, in your own walk, uh, you know that sometimes when you're the closest to God is when it's the most difficult and sometimes when everything looks like it's uh, perfect in peace, that's when you're the furthest away from God. So I'm not saying that God won't fill this place up and bring numbers, but just understand that if he doesn't, it doesn't mean he's not here moving in our midst. Amen. Uh, so today we're going to go to back to the Old Testament, but i um, got a quote that I thought was appropriate once again for today. It says, the Holy Spirit may be distinguished from the world But to separate the word and the spirit is spiritually fatal. The Holy Spirit teaches, leads, and speaks to us through the word and with the word, not apart from or against the word. How grievous is it to the Holy Spirit when unbridled spirits mock God by claiming the leading of the spirit when they're acting against the word of God. And this is something that for me was very helpful as I was in the charismatic spirit fill uh, movement um, because I, I, I jumped into a lot of churches and they had these traditions they were doing and I tried to find it in the scripture but couldn't find what they were doing in the scripture. And then you ask somebody about what's, what they're doing and they get frustrated, right? Because they're like, you're, you're, you're in rebellion, right? Because you're trying to come against 
uh, their tradition, but you're not going against God's word. So for me, that was frustrating. I'm like, wait a minute, I don't just show me something in the Bible about what you're doing. And I couldn't see it. And I, that just that, that put a distance between me and what that ministry was trying to accomplish. Now, you could say, according to how the Christian worldview is and how God's kingdom expands, it has to line up with God's word. That's our grounding. Like, that's our anchor, right? And without, without God's word, you don't even know what direction you're going in. I mean, remember, in, in the book of Revelation, Satan is going to have the capacity to be raised back to life. So just because someone's doing a miracle, that doesn't mean that God is with them. Satan can do miracles. That, that's, that's why we need God's word. Jesus said, don't even, in the last days, he said, well, someone's going to say that I'm in this room. He said, don't even believe that. How do we know? Because Jesus said in his word, that's going to happen. So when people say Jesus is in the next room, he said, don't believe that because next time I'm coming, I'll be in the sky. Right. So, so we have to know God's word for ourselves. And if you've been in a tradition that has taught you contrary to God's word, then you have to take a step back and say, OK, what do I know is true? That truth should come from God's word first above your experience. It doesn't matter how good the person is, how loving the person is. If that person saying something contrary to God's teaching, God's word, that's wrong. They can have the best intention, but it's wrong. That's how you roll in this life. Amen. All right, um, we're coming from Nehemiah. You have to understand, uh, Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah uh, are ones who are coming out of captivity. Now they're under the Persians, and they're trying to rebuild Israel, rebuild Jerusalem, rebuild the temple, rebuild the walls, but they're very frustrated. When Zerubbabel came back to rebuild uh, the Jerusalem and hopefully the temple and eventually the walls, they got the temple built, but something didn't happen that happened originally when the first temple was built. What didn't happen was God's spirit didn't come down and authenticate the movement. Does that make sense? Zerubbabel and his people put together the temple for the second time. After they got together, they stood back and they were like, okay, we know what it says in the Bible, so God's spirit is supposed to just come down. And it didn't. And they began to cry out and wail because they're like, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? We, what's happened? And, and they began to get sad and depressed. And then 60 years later, then Nehemiah and Ezra, they start building the wall and started trying to reinstitute the law. But there was so much infighting and quarreling. There were people who didn't even go to uh, Babylon in captivity. And then, and then when they came back, there was these people there. And they say, we're Jews too. And the people who came from Babylon said, you're not Jews because they couldn't find the records of their lineage. So it was just, it was like almost a mess. Their expectations were being frustrated. And so eventually they just kept pushing forward. If you go to the end of Nehemiah, he basically says, I did the best I could do. <laughs> like, I did the best I could do, God. And, and you, you, you end the book of Nehemiah being like, man, that was weird. Like, what, what just happened? But, but the point there was that, that God needed to transform their hearts. And, and that was the point, that, that they could do all this work on their own, but they needed God, the Holy Spirit, to do a new work in their heart in order to enable them to fulfill God's purpose and plan on this planet. 
So here, uh, Nehemiah chapter 9, this is kind of toward the end. They have the walls built, the temples built, and now they're trying to consecrate themselves back to God. So, so now he's given them like a history lesson. The Jewish people are around, they're listening, but he referenced something that's really interesting. As I said, the, the Holy Spirit is throughout the entire Bible. Just some people don't realize it. A lot of people think the Holy Spirit didn't start till the, the book of Acts. They think Jesus, the, the tongues came down and then the Spirit was here. And from that point forward, the Holy Spirit's been present. But, but he had come upon people all along throughout the Old Testament. Here, there's going to be a reference to Numbers. I think it's chapter 11, verses 17 through 25. And, and we know the story where Moses um, was just overwhelmed. He was doing too much work. So he had to get 70 men to help him judge or rule Israel. And that's one thing you should see throughout the Bible. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes upon somebody, it's for leadership or influence. Every time the Holy Spirit came upon somebody in the Old Testament, that person was thrust into leadership. Now, what's interesting today is if we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit. And if we're under the control of the Holy Spirit, then we too are called to lead. Who are we leading? The world. We're called to bring the world out of darkness. We're not just called to simply uh, to remain and be safe and comfortable. Now, now, that may come. God will bless you. But understand, you've been given your gifts and talents and the power of God to affect and change the world dynamically. And, and if, you, if you understand that the challenge, the mandate God gave us to go throughout the world and make disciples, we need the Holy Spirit to do that. So, so we are in particular context. We have day-to-day -day jobs, we have life, we have challenges. But understand, you are given God's spirit to lead people out of darkness into light. Don't forget that point. So Nehemiah is here, and now he's referencing Israel's history. He goes back to the past, hundreds of years, and he says this in verse 18, he says, even when they made a molted calf for themselves and said, this is your God that brought you up out of Egypt and worked great provocations, yet in contrast to that, in your manifold, referencing God now mercies, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. Here, he's referencing, look how good God was. They were, they were sinning, they made this golden calf, but God stayed with them. Why is that important? Because they're in Israel right now and it doesn't look anything like they thought it would. Now remember, they're coming back because Jeremiah had promised that God would bring them out of captivity in 70 years. And this is now fulfilling prophecy. They're coming back to Israel exactly 70 years from the day they went into captivity. And so now people are feeling discouraged. They're, they're like, man, where's where God? Where, where's the, the spirit pouring forth into the Holy of Holies? Like what's going on? And so now he's, he's praying, but he's actually trying to get them to remember that God didn't forsake them then. He has forsaken them now. Church, understand God is with us now, right now. Like he hasn't, quote, quote, forsaken us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't left you. You just have to keep moving forward. It says here, the pillar of cloud did not depart them from 
them by day to lead them on the road, nor the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way they should go. Now, this is the part that we're going to highlight. It says in 20, you also gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Now, understand, when you go back and read Exodus, you don't even see when, where, where's the Holy Spirit? Like, you don't see it outside of that number scripture. When God tells Moses, I'm going to take some of the spirit from you and put it on these 70 other people. That's the only single reference we have. But understand these leaders needed God's spirit because they needed wisdom to lead. They didn't have the outside of what Moses is writing down. They didn't have a plethora of scriptures. They didn't have Bible commentary. They didn't have Chuck Mister. They didn't have YouTube. They didn't have any of that. But they needed to lead godly. And so when you have God's spirit in you, you have the capacity to hear his voice and lead well. Now, this isn't something simply just for what we call Christian circles. This is for all of us. Some of you are being privileged of being given job promotions, put in leadership positions. I said this before, why is that? So that God can use you to help make choices that bring him honor and glory. But you don't, you don't come to those conclusions on your own. You need God's spirit to help you make those decisions. I wish if you depended upon me to make the decision, Anthony Bass, it'll look like something out of a Marvel movie or the Vikings. That's all the reference places I got. But if you lean on God or his wisdom, then you'll make decisions that are exactly right. And you, sometimes you're like, I don't know how that worked out. I can't give you the, the, the protocol, the plan, the procedure. But you know what? I felt led by God's spirit to make that decision. And I made it because this would honor God. Now, the problem is we get scared of bringing our faith into the workplace. They tell us to put your Bible away. They tell you, no, don't talk about your faith, but you need God's spirit to lead well. It says, 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lack nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. God will keep you. Even when it looks like it's the worst, God's still there. And that's, that's, that's the challenge. How do you respond when things don't go your way? And when things stay off, how do you live until they get right? You live faithfully. You live honoring God. Sadly, I've learned this as being in Christian leadership. Some people are meant to stay in the storm longer than others. And that's sad. But understand there's a calling those people have that sometimes they don't even realize that there's a reason why you're in the storm because people are watching your life and they're watching how you respond to the storm because your response is what gives God glory. Sometimes some of you, I know y'all been in storms a long time, but you haven't folded. And people will see that. They're like, okay, they got one more week and they're going to fold. But God's faithful. His spirit will sustain you if you humble yourself. Allow him to use you. Got a couple points that were done for the day. First point, Israel found themselves where they were because they had stopped adhering to the instructions of God's spirit. Understand, God had been trying to lead them even in the desert by his spirit. But they were unwilling to yield to his spirit. 
Now, that, now, understand why God said, don't listen to the nations. Don't let their ways influence you because their voices then became your voices. Their thoughts became your thoughts. Remember, they were holy. They were separated. They were to keep themselves separate from the world. But, but eventually, they start intermingling with the nations and they got confused regarding how to live life. And that can happen to us as well. There's a lot of voices that are out there and we can get off. And that's why we do these disciplines. That's why we talk about fasting and praying and studying so that we can come back and get grounded and get recentered to know what God is saying to us. Adhering to God's spirit leads to success and favor in the eyes of God. Um, I'm glad Pastor Sean last week talked about the, the gene who was murdered and the brother that gave forgiveness. And, and now there's a giant debate on Facebook whether what the judge did was right and whether the family sold out. And, and this big narrative happening that's trying to squelch the greatest act of forgiveness that we've seen since Corey Tedboo. Remember her? Remember when, when she, she, was free, she was set free from a Nazi prison camp. Remember that? And, and her sister was killed by a particular SS guard. And one day, she happens to be in this room, and lo and behold, this very guard who had assaulted her and her sister and eventually killed her sister was in the room, and the Holy Spirit said to her, go talk to him, share your faith. And what do you think she did? Now, what I would have done was, <laughs> right? Freedom! I would have been like, thank you so much. I would have been fighting everybody in the room. Like, I don't, you came, we brought him here, who are you? Right? I would have been fighting everybody. But she went, yielded to God, shared her faith. And as a result, that man came to faith in God. That man is in heaven despite all the stuff he did. And, and let me tell you what's going to happen. That young lady who's going to go to prison, she's going to get saved. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be a story that comes after this. That, that was a great move of God. I mean, I wasn't strong enough to do what he did. And, and you know the gene, that gene, you know the gene, that la, you know that word mean? Gene, the last name? Grace. And I can go on and on because everybody's name means something. I'm not going to go there. But just so you know, God was speaking clearly. Then even the judge, her name, I don't even go there. But the judge brought the lady a Bible and told, the lady said, can God forgive me? And the judge was like, yes. She said, I don't know where to start. Here's a Bible. Like the gospel was on display there. And then, and then to, to make matters better, the, the father has spoken openly saying, oh, we're going to be friends. And people are like, oh, he's lost it. He didn't represent the black community. That's what they're saying, right? And he's like, no, that, that's what Jesus told me to do, right? Jesus said to do this. And as a result, no one can say anything because they're doing what God said to do. Now, I don't have the strength to do that. They don't either. Do you know who did that? God did that. They simply yielded to God's spirit. You, you know when you and your spouse are, uh-oh, here we go. You know how to go there. Yeah, you know how to do it. You and your spouse are arguing. I'm looking at the camera. You and your spouse are arguing. And you're so upset and so angry and so justified with your rage. 
But then you hear the Spirit of God say, you need to go make that right. You need to, you need to forgive. Me forgive. I'm the one who is wronged. And like, who's going to be the first one? Who's going to be the, the one willing to be like Christ? And then you're like, but all these feelings are up in the heart and all these baggage, these memories, all this stuff. You're like, but then that you don't realize that a good marriage is just two good people who could forgive each other. You can forgive. That's what keeps you married. That's why you need a covenant to stay to marry. We know if not for the covenant, we'd all be just like <laughs> bumbling, stumbling. We'd be everywhere. Shoot. We got Facebook. I could just find somebody new. What are you talking about? But, but, but God put us in covenant, right? See, the married people are laughing, right? Because you know. And, and, but, but what I'm trying to say is it's hard. Just relating to people is hard. So imagine how hard it is to forgive your spouse forgiving somebody who has hurt the person you love. That was a miracle we saw. We saw it in our day. That'll be something we talked about for the rest of Christianity while it's here on earth before Jesus comes back. That'll be in books. There'll be stories written about that. And the world is trying to change a narrative. That's what always happens when God moves. Satan shows up. Allow God's spirit to direct your life, the imperative. Allow it. You say, you know what? I can't do all this stuff. I can't do what they did. I can't forgive like that. Like, no, you can't. But you can yield to God. You can do that. We can all do that. Yield to his spirit and let him work through your life. You see Barb saying, I just have peace. Do you know what that is? That's he, that's Jesus functioning in her life. She's like, man, I got a lot of, I got some miles ahead of me. I got some difficult times and, and we're all like, but you know, Barb, right now, I'm seeing how to be strong in storms. I, I look at Chris and Carla and all the stuff they go through. I'm like, I know how to be strong in storms. I couldn't do half the stuff they, they do. Like that, that I, at, I would, I cry for that. But you know what? Even though you don't feel strong, the fact that you pick up your feet and keep moving forward is all we need to see. You keep coming to church. Barbara still, Chris and Carla still come to, let me tell you, if I was like younger and it happened to me, I, I'm church, psh, I'm not going to church till God moves. That's how I was taught. Prosperity, like you just have faith and, and then if God didn't move, then what? Either something wrong with my faith or, I mean, but, but, but the fact that they are willing to endure faithfully, that's the Holy Spirit in our presence. So we right now have a witness. We, we don't have an excuse to be unfaithful. Remain intimate with God. You know, you've been, as I preached in Virginia, broken to be a blessing. And God continues to break us because our heart gets hard sometimes. Our, our heart gets hard sometimes and it needs to be rebroken. That's how God does it. His light shines through us as he breaks us. That's how he gets glory. It won't last like this forever. There'll be an end. And you get to heaven, you're going to be, you're, when you get to heaven, you're going to be like this. You're going to excel. You're waiting to excel, that's coming in heaven. 
That ain't a movie. What's her name? <laughs> it ain't just a movie. That's real. We're going to excel once we enter the gates. And we're going to say we made it. There's this picture, man. That's one of my favorite pictures, and I'm almost done, of, of, of somebody just falling to Jesus' arm, just weeping, and Jesus is hugging them. That's my favorite picture because I think that's how, my, that's how my life is. Like, when I get to heaven, I'm just going to just collapse in his arm. I may see, like, there may be family members, grandparents. I'm just running by all of them. <laughs> and running. Ah, I'm, I'm, let me tell you, I'm pretty reserved. Listen, I'm going to be brutally, I'm reserved. But let me tell you, I'm going to be so ugly running to Jesus. I'm going to be, I mean, you know how when somebody usually has that mucus or kind of that crying at that point, I usually, like, take some steps back. But I'm going to be like, ah. <laughs> I'm going to mess up Jesus for you all. He's going to have to clean up, get a shower. I'm, gonna be like, I'm, going, I'm just going to give him everything I got. This is, this is rough, y'all. You know, this is rough. And for me, this is what I always say. This is real life. This is what the scriptures say. We are wrestling against spiritual forces. God's spirit is instructing the church. Is he your teacher? He's always led his people from the beginning until the end. So when someone says, man, you know, I don't know about being led by the spirit. Like that's, that's a no brainer. Obviously that's understood. You are led by God's spirit. You may not identify it as such, but you are. God's spirit is leading us all. Just got to yield him. Keep moving forward. Remember, there is only one teacher in the church. He ain't me. He ain't T.D. Jakes. He ain't Creflo. He ain't Charles Stanley. He ain't Andy Stanley. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. So be encouraged because you have him in you. You need to tap into all those resources and let him use you for his greater glory. Allow him to use you now. We'll stop there. We don't need that. Let's pray. Father God, I pray for encouragement for everyone here today, Lord God. Lord God, a lot of us are under stress, sleep deprived, Lord God, um, just tired, maybe even beat up, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you give us all by your spirit, just your, just encouragement, Lord God. Fill our hearts, help us feel your presence. We need you right now, Lord God. We need you to touch us, Lord God, to, to, to break off any parts of our heart that are hard, Lord God, just so that we can be just soft in our hearts and flexible. We want to be able to hear you, Lord God, when you whisper. We want intimacy with you, Lord God. We, we don't want distance, Lord God. Help us, Father God, to, to have a passion to just to be in your presence. Help us, Father God, to love to, to hear you speak. Help us to love your word, Father God. Help us have a passion to sit in your presence and just, just worship, Lord God. Help us, Father God, to, to be inspired, Lord God, and, and, and encourage, Father God, and, and, and better, Lord God, so that we could do all the things you need us to do, Father God. Help us not be content with all the good things you've given us, Father God, but help us to push forward, Father God. Help us not be discouraged by the trials we're facing, Father God. Help us, Lord God, not be constantly warring against 
bad news coming, Father God. Help us not be anxious because we're worried about some, some bad phone call coming, Father God, or some scary letter in the mail, Father God. But help us live victoriously and faithfully honoring you, Lord God. Lord God, move on these people, Father God. They're faithful, Lord. See them here today. Look at them, Lord God. We all need you, Lord God. We have only, we put our trust in you. We have no one else to trust, Father God. Use us for your glory. Lord God, we're all at different places, Father God, on the spectrum, Lord God, of faith, Lord God. But we pray that you increase our faith, Lord. Increase our love for you. Increase our passion for you, Lord God. Help us be people who have a heart after you, Lord God. Use us today. In Jesus' name. This is the time right here when we're gonna we're gonna just do something awkward. We're just we're not gonna say anything, we're we're not gonna move. Just 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 be quiet and let's just listen. Because God is speaking. Isn't it hard to sit in silence? I feel like the Lord is speaking. And while, while, while you're listening, did, did God or is God saying anything to anybody in here? Did anybody hear from the Lord? This week, I got a message from a friend that I had in college, so I haven't talked to her in probably 15 years, and um, she said she had a prophetic dream about me, and that it was just, I was, she was on a movie set, and I was an actress on the stage, and she was just watching me, and she was so proud of me, and I was doing so well, and um, the Lord spoke to her. I've just, I've been feeling unseen for quite some time and insignificant, you know. I think it's the new mom thing where you're just like, you barely leave the house and, you know, everybody just always needs something from you and it's never like about you. And um, so she just said that she um, was praying about it and felt that the Lord just wanted me to know that I was seen. And so I was just super encouraged by that. And I think even this morning, like God's just confirming that like he sees me, he loves me, he cares. Like even about the small things that nobody else sees, like he sees it and there's still just like a great plan for my life, even if it's just being at home. <laughs> so yeah, um, I overthink everything. Um, I'm always in my head. Um, 
and I always feel like I do a lot wrong. Like I, like I, I feel like I grieve the spirit a lot, or you know, I, I, I ponder if I have, and it's just, it's like I feel like God's left me a lot and stuff like that. And um, you know, today I just, well, or this week I've had a lot of friends talking to me and stuff, and you know, helping me through life and. Um, I felt like I've been getting more on track with hearing his voice and stuff like that, but I feel today, like, through Anthony's message and stuff, I felt like he was looking back there a lot today, and I feel like God was speaking through him to me. And when I closed my eyes, I, you know, I just, and I was listening, and I, I feel like I heard God say, I love you. So, so yeah. So I was disobedient, forgive me, Laura, because I was going to say before y'all started talking, I feel like God was saying in the spirit that I love you. And so as we talked about earlier, there's unity here. And the one thing we do know today is that God loves us. That's what God is saying to us today. So wherever you are, you can let it, if emotions are coming, let it out now, let it out. Come on now. Like the Father loves us. We're okay. Like, we're okay. And if this is the last day of Endurance Church, that, that, that doesn't mean it's the end. It's just, we know today, this day, we can memorialize that, that God loves us now. And that's enough to take us to the end. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, just head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. We speak to me.